you know, we're doing a series right now called Why. So before I get into why, my sermon tonight is why pray. But let me talk for a minute about why do people like Adam act like they did. Do you want to, do y'all want to know? When I got born again, my revelation of God was that he was really mean, hard God. And even though I got born again, that image didn't just go away. I'm sitting at Raymond one day and Bobby Andy and is preaching on the book of Galatians and he's preaching grace. And that was when I finally learned grace. That everything that happened to me was based on what Jesus did for me and God loved me. That revelation hit me. I mean, it was like almost too good to be true news. That I'm not earning it. He's not mad. And, and, the, and it hit me so much. The next Sunday, I'm in church. And I'm sitting on the second row. Worship's going on. And if you knew where I came from. See, a lot of times, if you don't know where someone came from, you have no idea how big a deal Jesus is. And sometimes the wilder people are, their past that God delivered them from is like, are you serious? So this was before I'd ever seen anybody dance in the Holy Ghost in church. I've never been in a church where I ever saw anybody dance in the Holy Ghost. This church didn't do it, even though it was Kenneth Hagin's daughter's church. I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and I, I get out of my chair. I get on my knees. I have a blue polyester suit. It cost me 100 bucks. Sears and Roebuck. Don't ever buy a polyester suit, dear Lord. <laughs> and I'm on a tile floor, and it's getting dusty, and I don't care. And I said, God, I feel like dancing. And just in my heart, he said, well, dance. I got up and I cut a rug. And it wasn't that I, it was easier to dance than not. Because I was so excited inside, I thought I was going to blow a gasket. I was so happy, so full of joy. I mean, I'm like, and when he said dance, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't get out and do the Watusi. I just did like what Adam did. I just cut a rug. And then Patsy Harrison had to get up and explain to the whole church what just happened. I didn't even know what just happened. And that's pre-Mark Hankins, pre that's pre-everything. And so Brother Hay, Mark Hankins said his father would say this because Mark Hankins' mother was so depressed when Brother Hagin first came to the church. She was suffering from manic depression. Did you all know that? Yeah. And yet Brother Hagin coming and teaching on the authority of the believer and the, and, and the love of God set Mark Hankins' mother free. Okay. So when she would take off running, Mark's father would say, it's not necessary unless it's necessary. And see, you've heard him say that and had no idea what that meant. But if his wife thinks it was necessary, it's just necessary. Because if you knew what she got delivered from, she would lock herself in the bedroom for days and not come out. 
And so the truth set her free. Amen. And she got so free in Jesus. So anyway, whenever you come to church, you see someone like Adam getting excited. I don't want you to think, well, those people down there do that. No, you'd do it too. If you, had, if you had his past and had a revelation, man, if you didn't j- dance, you're, you have a problem. <laughs> so we just kind of let y'all do what you want to. That's called freedom. I don't know whether y'all know it or not. It's just called freedom. Just being free. Now, if you want to sit there and do nothing, you're free to do that. In the same service, we've had people shouting. We've had people crying. That's between you and God. We just leave you alone. I've had people get up here and just weep and cry and cry and weep and sob, and I'm going, okay, I don't know what you're doing. Well, have at it. Yep. It's God's church. I don't know what he's doing all the time. Leave him alone. Let him do his job. So anyway, having said that, Adam, you can just jump and dance all you want to, brother. I just love this guy. You're just a sweetheart. And I love you all, too. You can act as crazy as you want to in here, and we'll never tell so. Now, other people tell on you, but I won't tell on you. Y'all have a reputation in the city. Okay, we've been doing a series called Why, and so tonight we're going to talk about why prayer or why, why do we pray. Now, you, you might think, well, that's pretty obvious. We pray. No, it's not obvious. You might think that people pray a lot. They don't. The average preacher might pray, might pray 10 minutes a day. What? It's true. It's true. Most people don't pray a lot. They always turn in, would you pray for me? Because they don't have enough confidence in their own, God to do their own praying. So whenever, whenever we talk about prayer, I think sometimes we need to talk about why. Now, now here, let's start off with this. For years, I heard people say, you don't pray enough. And I would, I would think, I agree. It never motivated me to pray. Because my prayers are earning. I can't serve a God I have to earn. And that's a wrong statement to hear when someone's trying to say, well, we need to pray and... Y'all don't pray enough. You're like, oh, God, we don't. Oh, we don't. Well, you ain't changing. You still ain't going to pray enough. Because you don't want to be near a God who's mad at you because you don't want to pray enough. And so, therefore, you don't pray anymore. Am I doing good? So, so, so there has to be another motive to prayer. And that's why I'm talking tonight. Why do we pray at all? Are we trying to find favor with God through our prayer? No, we've already got favor with God. So go to the book of Genesis. I'm going to to quote a scripture to you. I'm going to quote a statement to you. Genesis chapter 1. John Wesley said, it seems as though God can do nothing except someone ask him. And why that is, I do not know. So here's my question. Is God limited by our prayer life? Yes, Yes, he is. Now, what that does, turn me down a little bit. I don't know why I feel like I'm hot. Because the national, see, whenever you, religion, which is in most churches, has painted God, well, y'all know, 
God had a reason for that happening. Nothing happens except for a reason. That's not true. But yet, in every, I don't care who it is. You go to any church in America, you'll hear someone say it. Well, you know, you know what the Bible says. All things, that's everything, is working out for your good. And so we don't know why God allowed it, but God's got a purpose. Well, if God's running everything, there ain't a real whole lot of reason to even talk to him about it. Because he's God and he don't want to hear what you have to say about it. He'll do what he wants to. And there is the reason why people don't pray. So, so when you're battling that mindset in people and you're trying to get people to understand, you really do need to pray for your family. God is limited by your prayers. In other words, you're not praying. I'll tell you what he's doing. He ain't doing anything. Now, that would get me kicked out of most churches in America. That would be my last, the ushers would grab me now and take me to the door. And if they didn't have the guts, the next Sunday he'd stand up and refute everything I just said. And tell everybody, this guy, I don't know where he came from. He crawled out from under a rock. He's lost his mind. <laughs> and don't think I haven't heard it. But there's some people who don't get their prayers answered, and maybe they ought to think about it. Okay. It seems as though God could do nothing, but someone asking why that is, I don't know. Is God limited by a prayer life or a lack of prayer? And if he is, why? Genesis chapter 1. Let's go. One twenty-six. And God said, let's make man in our own image according to our own likeness and let them, all mankind, or Adam and Eve, both of them, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion, have dominion, have dominion. Now, there's a big question in our circles. And if, if you go on YouTube, don't go on YouTube. After I said don't, you'll do it. <laughs> Is, are we God men? That's a big, I mean, the, the denominational people have jumped on the faith people. Kenneth Copeland and everybody and their dog. Because who do they, I mean, they're running around thinking they're in the same class as God. Well, we are in the sense, we're not God, but he made us as close to himself as he could, but we are not God. Okay. But he made us because dog, we're going to get into this Sunday. Dogs don't create, they don't even build their own house. There's never been a group of animals in the woods that said, all right, if the woodpecker will make a hole, we'll fill it up, and then if you'll put nuts in it, we can sell them to the squirrels this winter. See, animals don't do that, but people do. We are made in, we're, he, he's a creator. We are creators, all right, I'm getting into Sunday sermon, and I didn't mean to do that. I just stepped over for a minute, and I'm going to come back. 
But, but we're made in the image of God and in his likeness. And when he left the earth, in essence, he turned the work of his hands over to Adam and gave him the earth. This, okay. And he gave him the brains. And he gave him the ability to do what he needed to do. The garden was not covering the whole earth, but he wanted him to take it through the whole earth. He put the gold here for him. He didn't make jewelry. He made, put the gold here. You heard me say that Sunday. He put the lumber here. He didn't build houses. He put the water here. He didn't make wells for us. He, so he did that. He wanted us to do this. But yet we were designed, to, we're not designed to live on the earth without him. We were designed to walk with God, not to be independent of God. But the fact is, he still left dominion to us. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. I want you, when you have a baby and it needs a diaper changed, I want you to pray that God would change the diaper. It won't. You better change it yourself. Because God gave you dominion. So back to the question, why did God allow that? God did not. You did. So because we work with him, we work with God. We'll get into that in a little bit. There are things because of our humanity, we need his help. We were not designed to operate Without Adam walked with God, it says in the cool of the day. Totally, totally wrong way to translate that. The literal Hebrew says in the breeze. How often did the breeze blow? Morning and night? No, all the time. But God did not walk with Adam physically beside him. He walked in the spirit. Adam's a spirit in a body and God walked with him and conversed with him and he talked with him until the day he sinned and he was separated from God. And then he relied on his intellect and he relied on his own, his own abilities after that and got himself in the mess that he's in and we're all in today until Jesus came. Now let's ask the question, then why then did God need to become a man? Because the man has authority. Not God. God's, I know this might sound crazy. He's on the outside looking in. If he didn't have a covenant with Abraham, he couldn't do anything. You say, but he's God. Yeah, but he can't lie. He, he gave the earth to Adam. Adam gave it to the devil. And now the devil is the Bible calls the God of the world. And yet now God needs to get back into mankind. So he cut a covenant with Adam, with Abraham. So now he has access to a body and he can get back in. But God had to defeat Satan as a man couldn't do it as God. And he had to walk as a man on the earth. So we call the man Christ Jesus. But he didn't do anything in the earth as God. He didn't do anything. Never, 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 never. How God anointed Jesus now with the Holy Ghost and power went around doing good and healing all presence. He did everything he did after being baptized in the Holy Ghost of the River Jordan. He didn't do it. He had no miracles, nothing, because he's the son of God. When he was 12 and 14, he, he, no, he didn't do anything as son of God. He did everything as a man, as a man, as a man. And that is the reason why the demons screamed at Jesus when he came in the room. He's going to cast the devils. He said, we know who you are. You're God. And he says, shut up and come out of him because he's not operating as God. He's operating as a man. Under the covenant. So God has given man dominion. You are in control of your life. 
I'm going to prove it to you. Does God love everybody? Are there people that he loves and died for that are not going to heaven? Whose fault is that? It's theirs. I mean, God's not there going, out of heck with him. No, he's not. I mean, man, he loves and loves. He really, really, really cares about people. So the next question is, is he running everything in your life? He's not. But he will help you if you ask him. Don't ask him. Nothing is happening. Not spiritually. You're on your own. You just wake up in the morning and work your tail off and the devil beats the mud out of you. And then you, you, you make a big paycheck and next thing you know, uh, all this stuff happens in your life and you're like, oh, car breaks down, the dishwasher breaks and, and you're like, I can't never get ahead and good God, you know, help me, Jesus. And, and you start turning to God and he starts helping you, you know, with, so, so now all of us have issues. We, we need God working. He's not up there. Okay, let, let's get through another one. God, I need you to help me. And so God looks at Gabriel and says, eh, let's let him ask us a thousand times before we pay any attention to the little punk. That's the mindset people have. You're going to wear him out. Just, I'm going to wear you out, God, until you finally get tired of me and give me what I want. That's not true. That's not true. God is, his eyes are roaming through, throughout the earth seeking someone to be strong in behalf of. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to work with you. Now, some of it has to do with you cooperating. Now, I'm going to get off subject here a minute and explain something to you. If he gave you something to do, he's not going to do it for you. For, for instance, you can say, Mama, you know, I'm having trouble with my math. Would you do it? And you go, nope. I may sit and help you, but I ain't doing your math. Well, I don't understand it. Well, then let's work until you do. But I'm not doing your homework. And God's not going to do yours either. Okay. And that is the number one prayer request. Do for me what I'm too lazy to do. Never mind, I did. Okay. We got it. That's another one. That's another whole subject. Okay. Just scratch that and pretend like I didn't say it. Okay. Psalm 8. Go to Psalm 8. If I didn't have prayer life, I don't think I'd even be alive right now. True. Dear God, he's got me out of more messes. But he didn't lead me into the mess in order to teach me something. I'm going to lead him into a lot of crap and then have him beg like crazy to get me out of it. No, he don't do that either. All right, Psalm 8, verse 3. When I consider the work of your hands, your fingers, the moon and the stars which you ordained... What is a man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? You've made him a little lower than angels and crowned him with glory and honor and made him to have dominion, say dominion, over all the work of your hands and put all things under his feet, not under God's. Now, let's go back and you've heard me say this before, but we have new people in here. The word Elohim is the Hebrew word God. I mean, you, can't, you cannot make that say something else. But the Jews 
when they translated that, had a hard time, so they changed it to angels. God did not put you under an angel. God did not say, okay, here's the garden, Adam, and by the way, Gabriel is your boss. No, the Bible says angels are your servants. Wow, that's another whole subject. And that will get you kicked out of the rest of the churches. You run around telling God what to do. Now you run around telling angels what to do. Who do you think you are? Okay. Oh, don't worry. I've, don't, don't worry. I've, I've, I've had uglier people than you get mad at me. I mean, it just don't. You've made him, man, to have dominion over the work of your hands and put all things under his, the man's feet. So it's under your feet you are being held responsible. You have a wife or a husband. God's holding you responsible for your marriage. You have children. He's holding you responsible to raise them and to teach them right from wrong. And you're going to learn as you get older, you're going to do a lot of praying. And we'll get into why that is in a minute. We're going to get into why. This, it's huge. It's not a little thing. Okay. All right. Luke 5, 16. Luke 5. Go to Luke 5. What's going to happen tonight is you're going to want to do more praying, and that's going to be my goal. You're going to want, oh, my God, I love to pray. Oh, my God, I love to pray. That is the goal of what I'm doing tonight. I want you to go, oh, man, I'm going to go talk to God about that. You know that you know that you know he's going to answer you. You know he's going to help you. Okay, we're not in there trying to talk him into the notion of helping us. Luke 5, 16. Yeah. And he, Jesus, himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Didn't God know why he sent him? So here's Jesus. He goes out in the wilderness and he goes, you know why you sent me? Let's do it. I'm going to bed. Uh Uh-uh. It seems as though God can do nothing but someone ask him. He left his deity behind. What do you want me to do? Well, tomorrow we're going to have a lot of people out here and they're going to be hungry. Well, okay, okay. We're we're going to need to feed them. And then there's going to be a lot of sick people. And what Jesus is doing is coming to God and he's praying the covenant for them. Because they're lost. But he is righteous and he's going to go to God in their place. That's what prayer is. Heavenly Father, we got these people down here. We know they're all lost, but you love them and they're sick. Now, I'm coming to you with the fact that you gave us a covenant and, and that we have a covenant. And I'm going to ask you for mercy tomorrow in this field for the sick people that come. And I'm coming to you. And he's going to pray for them. And, the, and see, you've heard me make this statement. You, Jesus never prayed for anybody. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You heard me say this hundreds of times. He, he never go, oh, God, heal Lazarus. He never, not one time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John did is he pray for someone the way we do. Never. 
but he did pray before they got there. Shandai, that's good preaching. He did spend the night in prayer for them, and he went to God and got what he needed from God for them, and then the next morning, he gave it to them. Now, if you don't go to God in prayer, you have nothing to give. (laughs) So, let's look at one more real quick, real quick. I just want you to see this in your Bible because I know you're looking at me like... Okay, and Luke 6, 12. Just turn the page. 6, 12. There's more of them, but I just thought I'd show you. It came to pass in those days he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. What in the world do you think he's talking to him about? Here's the next one. Well, God already knows what I'm going to ask him, so I have no reason to ask him. Yeah, he knows what you're going to ask him. But he said, ask me. If you don't ask him, you ain't getting it, Amen. even though he already knows what you're going to ask him. You see, you, you see how lame religion is? Yes. You have not, because you ask yes. not. Well, why don't you ask me? You might think that's, but, but you've got to get this mindset, God wants to help you, and he cannot, because he's left you in charge. One day, I was talking to a girl at work about the Lord, trying to, I'm trying to, she's a leasing agent, and I went out to lunch, and I came back, and I got out of my, I had a Jeep at the time, a male Jeep, not a female Jeep, but a male Jeep. It was one of the Jeeps they deliver mail in, had the seat on the other side and all that, I paid, I paid like $1,500 for this thing, and it was my maintenance Jeep when I lived in Tulsa, so I had a Jeep. So I get out of the Jeep, pull the door back, it slides back, you know, and um, I get out, and I go, Heavenly Father, I'm going to ask you right now to open up a door for me to talk to this girl in Jesus' name. And I walked into the office, opened up the door, and she said, I'm going to mean to ask you a question. And I said, that's fast. But, but what would have happened had I not asked him? Not a thing. He's moving. This sounds her- like heresy. He's moving based on your prayers. Your prayers. So, so, so let, me, let, let me ask you this. Let's say you say, oh, God, save Joe. Well, he can't answer that prayer. He already died for Joe. That's a, that's a non-working prayer. Father, open up the door for Joe to hear and understand. I want to share the word with Joe today. Open up a door. Wait a minute. It, it, but Joe didn't get saved. You know what you're going to do the next week? You're going to pray again. You're not talking God into saving Joe. You're asking God to open up doors. Paul said, open up doors that I might preach and open the eyes of their heart and their understanding that they'll hear what I have to say. See, I even pray, God, bring them in here. Don't get them off the beach on Sunday and get them here in Jesus' name because all your in-laws and outlaws are inviting you to the beach. And I have to go to God in prayer to get him to talk to you to come to church. God, get them out of bed and... Get them off the beach and get them in here. If I don't, the crowds go down. Woo! Because that's just flesh. Now, we're going to have another thing. See, I want God. See, I had a friend. I had a friend years ago. And I learned, this is how I learned some things about prayer. I'd look in church and he'd be gone. He wouldn't be there. I'd go, I don't know where he is. The next week I said, Heavenly Father, 
Speak to him today and get him in church. Every time I prayed, he came to church. Every time I prayed. If I missed it, he wasn't there. I went, I, I have to do this every week. <laughs> kind of like Elisa brings groceries in the house. Me and the boys would tease her. She said, are y'all going to pray over your meal? And we prayed when we brought the groceries in. <laughs> this is just a joke in our family. It's, the boys like daddy's way of doing it. Mama would, you, you eat in my house and Lisa's in the room and you don't pray. They're going to be fire at the table. Because Lisa's going to be like, we are praying over this food. I mean, I, and, and I agree with her, but I, I have to give her a little bit of a hard time. I always have to give her a hard time. I told her the other day, I said, um, I used to be able to get on your nerves, and I can't anymore. That's why I pick on Jeannie. Because now Lisa goes, oh, whatever. <laughs> And Jeannie's like, and bows up. If Jeannie ever learns, I'll have to pick on someone. Frank, I'll probably start picking on Frank. Okay, John 17. Let's go to John 17 now. Have y'all noticed, and I'm asking you a question, when you pray, you've seen him move? Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe in lists, but sometimes I use them to keep me on track. Amen. I let the Holy Ghost get in there in any way he wants to go, but there's times that I go, oh, I hadn't even thought about praying for that in like three weeks, and man, oh yeah, I haven't even, I haven't even prayed about that. And I'm starting to see, I'm not seeing what I want to see. And I'm like, okay, I need to pray about it. Okay. So John 17, 1. Ah, John, Jesus spoke these words, lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son will glorify you. And as you've given him authority over all flesh, that he would give eternal life to as many as you've given him. And this is eternal life. They'll know you, the only true God and Jesus whom you sent. Let me see if I'm doing this right. Yes, I am. And I have glorified you on the earth and finished the work you gave me to do. Now glorify me together with yourself with the glory I had before the world was. So we see Jesus is praying for us. And now he's praying that we would have what he has and have the knowledge. I want you to understand, had he not prayed it, you wouldn't have it. God, Jesus being man needed to go to God and make a request for you. And when he made it, he got it. But he needed to do it while he was alive. When he rose from the dead, no miracles after he rose from the dead during those times. He can't do it as he can't, no longer can walk as a man. He had to give all that work to the church, which as long as you're in the body, you have a legal right to operate in the earth. And God wants to know what you think about what's happening. What do you allow? What do you forbid? God wants to know that. What do you think about what's happening? Oh, I don't like it. What do you have to say about it? I'm asking you to stop it. Thank you. I'll do that. 
God's wanting you to talk to him about what concerns you. Father God, my kids, they need mercy. I plead the blood. Father, they need the blood. They need, we'll get into spiritual warfare in a moment. Let me just get into it a little bit now. Get in your mind that there is an array of hell around you and your family that you had better do something about it. Don't play with hell. Well, my kids, I told them, you'd better hit your knees. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to go someplace. Y'all ready? I'm going to jump to this page 13. Children are growing up today in Christian homes without the restraining power of God over their lives. The reason is apparent. Mothers and fathers have failed in the responsibility of their prayer life. Now, no condemnation. We've all failed to some degree. We all have. Nobody's in here pointing fingers. There's things that I look back and go, good Lord, I should have prayed about that a whole lot more than I did. Gerald Brooks made a statement one time. He says, say less, pray more. Because you found out talking, it doesn't do any good. I talked to you and you didn't listen. I'm going to go to God. And when he's finished with you. Now, I'm going to. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you a cowboy movie right now. And I don't like the whole movie, but one scene. It's the cowboy movie, Monty Walsh. See, I knew y'all would give me this response. I mean, it's, not, it's like a lame movie. But, but he's this old cowboy. And all during the movie, he's like um, the old ways. Riding horses are better than cars. And he's just... And the whole movie's all about what it was like to be a cowboy at the end of 1800s, early 1900s. But he's always wanted, he's always loved breaking horses. Well, on the ranch, they, gave, they, wouldn't give him, they didn't give him the job of breaking horses. They had a guy trying to break this horse that never broke her. At the end of the movie, he's riding through town. He sees this little, little filly in a, in, a, in a corral. And he, he rides up and walks up to the horse and said... I'm going to teach you some manners. And see, I love it because I like cowboys. And, I, and he, he goes out there and gets the horse, puts his coat over her eyes, and puts his saddle on her. And they, she, they break out of the corral, and she bucks through the general store, and, I mean, she tears the town up. And Monty Walsh breaks her. And when he's finished, she's minding him. Sometimes you need to say, God, throw a saddle on my daughter. Y'all didn't respond the way I wanted you to. Did, did y'all even get this? My stuff? I need you to throw a saddle on my grandson and teach him some manners. Now, we use the word, God doesn't break us, but in that sense, he does. I don't mean he harms you. That's, see, when you use the word breaking, that's like, break you in half. That's not, no, he'll, he'll ride, he'll get on you. 
until he has you submitting. But if you'll pray, and things will get worse in your home before they get better. Because your husband that you're praying for is going to buck God all through the general store. And your kids are going to buck God, but you don't get off of praying for him for any reason on this planet. Because I've seen God do some amazing things with some crazy people. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Is that too wild of an illustration for you? Y'all got that one? Okay. You know, me and my cowboy movies. Sorry about that. Um. I told Lisa one day, I said, I, I would like to make a cowboy movie. I would like to be the sheriff. I'm going to fix all the bad guys. Take them in my cell and get a Bible out. Never mind. I think it'd make a good cowboy. I don't know if anybody would come to it. Listen to this. We're talking about prayer. Life does not mean much outside of the will of God. The big thing in your life is to be in the will of God. You say you were never called to give yourself to a life of prayer. No, you may not be set apart by the Spirit for a special ministry, but I think it would be wise for you to spend enough time in prayer to get acquainted with your Father. There's only two ways to get acquainted with Him. Number one, the Word. Number two, prayer. If you don't take time to pray, you're going to lose. You're going to lose out. You can't say you don't have any responsibility in the prayer life, for you do. To see a need is a call to prayer. There are people who will be utterly lost unless you take your place. That's a heavy statement. We think, well, it's all up to God. If it is, there's a lot of people going to hell, and it's his fault. As a church, we carry more responsibility than we know. And, and one of the reasons why I'm teaching you on prayer is because I can't cover everything that's going on. I don't know everything going on. And that's why I need you, when you see it and you hear it, to go, I need to cover that. Yeah. Last night we were, we were in the um, school and Teresa uh, Adespi Jovanich, I keep calling her Adespi, she was talking about how I led her father the Lord. I, I would have never been able to do that had she not been praying before I got there. I stepped in her. All I did was step into her work. I might have been the one that walked in and led him to the Lord. But if it hadn't have been for her and her family praying, there would have never been an open door. You know. But she says she went to Lisa and her and Lisa prayed about it. And, and she's very interested in her father and all of that. And, and that's, that's where the compassion that God was having on him was coming from, from his own daughter. I mean, if you don't care enough to pray, there are people, they're not going to make it unless you go to God and start praying about them. That's, that's a heavy responsibility, but it's, it's true. Okay. Did you ever realize there are men and women who are defeated and breaking down in their business, their home, and their spiritual life because we haven't prayed? Now, he says this. Let me change it. You haven't prayed. That's, that, that, I mark that in my book because I go back and read that often when I'm starting to slack in my prayer life. 
when I realize that I'm going to have, you know, because I assume, I assume that my kids are praying for their kids or my daughters are praying for their kids or my sons are praying for them. You, and, and I had to one day go, stop assuming it. Don't assume anything. And there's times that I've seen Lisa go through stuff and I, and I knew right then she's in a battle and she's going to need me to pray. And, and vice versa. There's times that I'll wake up in the morning and, and it's like 6, 5.30 in the morning and she's not in the bed, she's gone. I'm, and I know what she's doing. She's in the living room and somehow or another God got a hold of her. And I don't know what she's dealing with, but she's in there praying for me or the boys or something in church. She's in, she's in there dealing with something in the spirit. That's good. That's called a good wife. Okay, Amen. So let's look at 17 again. How am I doing on why pray? I think, I think I'm doing pretty good. John 14, no, John 17, 20. I don't pray for these alone, talking about his disciples, but also those who will believe in me through the word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. They'll be one that the world may believe you sent me, and the glory which you have given me, I have given it to them, that they'll be one as we are, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect to one, and the world may know you sent me, and love them as as I, as you have loved me. That's a powerful scripture. But he's praying for you and I to have a revelation of the glory of God and who we are. But he's in there beseeching God to give me what I need, to give you what you need. Paul in, the, in Ephesians 1 is praying for the church in Ephesus. He's not praying that God would give you anything, but that you would come to a revelation of what he did give you. Do you know what he did? Do you have that knowledge? You can't have it without the Holy Ghost. See, there's people walking this church all the time. And I say this with grace. They look like deer in headlights because, number one, we're kind of a strange group of people if you've been to, like, a dead church. They're like, sing and holler and shout and dance and run, and the preacher's kind of, you know. But the truth, I'm preaching it, but I want to know, are you hearing? Are you, see, you need to know, you need to know you're righteous. You need to know what Jesus did for you. You need to know what happened on that cross because you're defeated because you don't know. And one sermon's not enough. I need, while I'm preaching, I need the Holy Ghost to be talking to you. I need you to have a hunger. I need you to see what it is you need to see. Not enough for me to preach it. If I'm not praying that you'll get it, you come in lost. I go, God, if they come in lost, draw them to yourself. Don't let them leave the building unsaved in Jesus' name. And Sean brought his family here for Easter, and I was in there praying for you. They came in lost today. They're coming out of darkness in the light. God already knows. Listen, God already knows they need to come out of darkness. God already knows. It. I'm not talking God into the notion of saving them. I'm saying, Heavenly Father, by the Holy Ghost, get on them. Open up their ears. I want this devil, get off of them. You're not stopping them from getting saved. In Jesus' name. Now, to the degree they're screwed up, 
is how much you're going to pray. And that may be a shock to you. Paul Young Cho says when he preaches in Korea, he prays two hours. But he says, when I go to Japan, I pray three because they're more screwed up than we are. <laughs> They've never had a revival in Japan. Never. They're a hard people. You get invited to Jehovah Witness Church, you better pray all day. Don't even walk in that place if you ain't prayed up. When, 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 when um, Lester Summerall was in the Philippines, they called him about a girl that was demon-possessed. She's a prostitute in the streets. But, the, but the, the guards were having trouble because something was biting her body. And, the, and they knew enough to know it was the devil. So Lester came in, saw what was happening, and said, I'll be back tomorrow. Why? I'm going to go home and fast and I'm going to pray about her. All, and he prayed about her all day. And remember again, he's not talking God into the notion. But he's getting himself. He's going to take the word of God. And he's going to go fight for her soul. Heavenly Father, this girl, Jesus died in her place. And he shed his blood for this girl. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to use your name. And you said, and, and I don't know what all he said, but he fasted and prayed and pr opened his Bible and read the Bible and prayed over her and her home and her family all day. He's dealing with the spirit. Yes. And when he walked in there, all he did was command it to leave. You might think, well, that's all he said. You should have been in his room to hear what he said before he got there. When he walked in, he just commanded it to leave, and it left. And it made the national news, and, it, and, and, and a revival broke out because of getting that girl set free from a demon. But now, see, a lot of times the church, please don't get mad at me. <laughs> they're they're kind of lazy. I'll take two salvations and a healing, and I'll take it like right now. And if you could have a cappuccino with that, with cream, then I'll take that and then I'll go my way. No, you ain't getting anything from God. Thank you. I'm coming. All right. John 14. 14.1. Oh, I think that's where I'm going. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me and my Father's house or in this presence or many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Where I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come again and receive you to myself. That happened at the cross. That's not, that's not a mansion. Where I am, you'll be also. And, and, then, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And you do not know where I'm going and how can we know the way? He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Verse 7, if you'd have known me, you'd have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. It's be sufficient for us. He said, have I been with you so long yet you don't know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak to you, I speak unto my own authority. The Father that dwells in me does the works. Believe in 
me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the works that I'm doing. Verse 12, surely I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, will he do also and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to my Father. And whatever you ask, and the Greek word is demand, in my name I'll do it that the Father be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That's a prayer. He's talking to you about how to pray. But he's t- listen, he went over the fact that I'm going to take you back into the presence so you can have a relationship with God. In other words, you haven't had fellowship with God. You haven't had a relationship with God, but I'm fixing to get you back in the presence of God. And the, and the byproduct of that is you're going to be able to go in there and pray to him. And then anything you demand, I'll do it. Now, what good would Christianity be if you couldn't pray? Do you know that everything in your walk with God hangs on getting a prayer answered? If you can't get a prayer answered, you're coming to church and tithing is worthless. Everything hangs on you. Everything Jesus did was to get you back to God. And everything he got you back to God so you could walk in the throne room. Why does he want you to walk in the throne? Why did he give you the Holy Ghost? To help you walk in the throne room and get the things you need to get your, whatever you're dealing with down here. And he gave you authority over all the work of the enemy. But you're going to have to learn to get in his throne room and to walk with God in order to get your prayers answered. You got to go to God. Then... This thing called prayer works. Now, let's read the rest of this. Are you all all right? Um, Oh, that's not, that's, where's 14? Anyway. eh. Most assuredly, I say, he, the works that I do, that's what I want to read. The works I do, people people always ask, what do you mean the works I do? What do you mean the works I do? Well, I, I prayed for them and nothing happened. Why don't you start going and spending some time with God before you go out and start praying for people expecting something to happen? I mean, you don't even know God. Go in there and spend some time with God. Because if you don't go in there and get something from God, you ain't got nothing to give nobody. I wasn't picking on you. I'm just leaning on you. It wasn't a subliminal message. But see, a lot of things are not happening in the body of Christ because we're not praying. Now, my, my whole sermon tonight is to, is to bring us all as a church back to just how necessito, this how necessary this is for all of us to begin to pray over people, over their father. You see something, um, someone that you hear a report, Heavenly Father, I surround them with faith and love. I plead the blood of Jesus over them right now in the name of Jesus. And, I, and you hear about kids and their families and stuff. You go in there and say, you get in there and say, you know, they say, pray for me. The, one of the reasons people say pray for me is because they don't believe God will hear them. But the other reason is sometimes it's quite a burden for, on them. I mean, man, I'm dealing with this stuff. I've been dealing with it. I, I just need a little backup. Just give me some, just give me some backup here. All right. Now, I'm going to read this out of Paul Young, Cho's book. I am working on one simple premise. That premise is that God has no favorite children. What worked for me will work for you. What brought power to the lives of Finney, Luther, Wesley, and Moody will bring power to you. 
God did not do that because his name was Finney. He doesn't bless Copeland because his name's Copeland. He doesn't bless Rodney because his name is Rodney. Or well, he's anointed. The same God, same name, but I'll guarantee you he has a different prayer life than a lot of other people have. You want, you want what he has? Do what he does. Not that hard. It doesn't matter if you're an ordained minister or a housewife. Your level of education or the station in life is of no consequence when it comes to prayer. If God has worked through men and women in the past, he can and will do it through you. You hit your knees, God will move. Okay. I've often wanted to tell my children this. You'd all be in hell if it wasn't for your dad. That's a heavy thing. And I mean, sometimes you want to rattle my kids and go, let me tell you something. Praying for you growing up was not easy. I've been through hell keeping this family in church. So buy me something for Father's Day. No. <laughs> but in all reality, my whole family, my whole family's in church because of me. Not, not because of your business. Not because you're educated. Because of my prayers. My sister died and went to hell. And I raised her from the dead. Her husband, Mark, called him up and got him born again. I'm not saying that to pick on. I'm just telling you right now. You have no idea how many things I've dealt with in life and prayed people out of messes. And every once in a while, you want them to stop and go, have I ever said thank you? Because you're, you're going to school is not why you're where you are. There are people who would be dead if we didn't pray for them. There are marriages that would have blown to pieces had they not walked in this church and people started praying. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm changing subjects a minute, but I want you to understand something. Church is way more important to you than anything else you do in your life. I just, uh, that's my commercial. It's true. And of course, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for my mother. I'd have gone to hell if she hadn't prayed. Thank God for a women who pray. Okay. Are y'all okay? I know all the women in the church that pray go, amen, brother. Not only in our church, but in most churches in Korea, the prayer times begin at five in the morning. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know y'all didn't want to hear that. We regularly pray for two hours. I know y'all don't want to hear that either. After prayer time, we begin the normal routines of the day since the most important thing in our lives is prayer. We have learned to retire early. And on Fridays, we spend the entire night in prayer. That's why he has a million members. And what's wrong with America? It ain't the Democrats and the Republicans. They wouldn't be in the world. They would, they'd be in a world of hurt if we started praying. Right. You know, have y'all noticed things are shifting back to, to better? Yes. 
You know what happened? People got sick of it and went to God. Don't stop praying. We're going to see this whole mess turn around. On Sundays before each one of our seven services, we spend time in prayer. I am shocked when I visit churches and have local gatherings before Sunday services. More could be accomplished if each person comes to church with an attitude of prayer and quietly prays before the service. This is why the holy and mighty presence of God is in our services. Sinners are convicted by the Holy Spirit before I ever even start preaching. Now, I'm not condemning, but I am putting out a plea. Let's get a little more serious about our prayer life. Let's walk in here with the attitude of, and don't come walking in church 30 minutes late. Let me just, let me get on this right now. I'm just going to, y'all are here. I'm going to jump on you. You, there's no way you'd do that at work. There's no way you'd do it at school. Why, why are you doing that to the king of kings and the Lord of lords? You really think that he's, you're getting brownie points come walk. Well, I was late. If it was important, you wouldn't be late. It gets quiet in this church. It's all right. It's all right. If I were to just get up and begin preaching and begin my day without spending the hours I need in prayer, I would only have natural resources on which to depend. Yet because I spend time in prayer, I can trust the unlimited resources of God. Time in prayer is not wasted time. Time without prayer is wasted time. Okay. Now, I got one more. I think I got one more yellow slip. No, I got two more. I decided years ago that we could not take the revival we have here, experiencing Korea for granted. Having studied church history, I began to realize that revivals must not only be prayed to begin, they must be prayed to be maintained. Throughout the revivals the Western world has experienced after several years, people begin to take the revival for granted. The way this happens, they forget about the thing that birthed it, prayer. Once continuous and fervent prayer is forgotten, the impetus of revival is lost, and all that is left is the momentum of the past. All right, now let's look at this church for a minute. This is a good church. We've had times... We've had stronger moves of God and times we didn't have such a strong move of God. What happens to us is we start, God starts blessing us. Next thing you know, we forget where the blessing came from. You're not, you're not coming back and going, Heavenly Father, I wouldn't have this one for you. And so right now I'm going to take the time. You see, when everything's going bad, we pray. But when everything's going good, continue to pray. Don't just, don't just take for granted because it's going to go back the way that it was. All right. Now, we've had it happen here. And I'm, I, I'm starting, we're starting to see a whole stronger move of God in this church. And what I'm doing is I'm priming you all to help me. Let's get in here. Let's get this thing done. There's more to do in the city. We've got to have some prayer on it. We want to do another outreach. Someone said, well, why wasn't the last one? Well, uh, 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 uh. we did good. It's going to take some praying. 
We're going to have to, we're going to, have to spend a lot more time praying than we did because the devil's not going to lay down and go, oh, I'll just let him have it. As a matter of fact, I hate to scare you, but if you pray a lot, the devil's going to come visit you. Just deal with him. Okay, let's see. 2 Corinthians 6 1. I just want to pop that on the screen. How am I doing for time? Oh, Lord, I hate that clock. <laughs> Don't forget the scripture. Then, as workers together with him, we plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Everything we do in life, he's given you an assignment, but you can't do it in the natural. You have to have God helping. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 6. I got to say this before I close. 6.10, go to Ephesians 6.10. Why does the Bible talk about we wrestle not against flesh? Why does it talk about the weapons of our warfare? What is he referring to when he talks about that? He's, the, the prayer, the armor here in Ephesians 6, 10, is prayer armor because Satan is going to oppose you. Okay, now I'm going to paint a picture for you. If your kids are not in church, you have a devil problem. If your grandkids are not in church or living right, you have a devil problem. Okay. If your husband or your wife is not doing right, you have a devil problem. If you're not doing right, you have a devil problem. Okay. How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, you're going to need to go spend some time with God. And this, this armor here, this prayer armor, and I'm going to read it to you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Why? God wants you to have it in the power of his might, not yours. Put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of who? The devil. You're not wrestling flesh and blood, even though you think it's people, but against principalities and powers or rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Take the whole armor of God. I'm going to stop right there and show you this. You've had a bad day. Your kids and your family's not doing right. You're like, oh, shoot, what is wrong? Things aren't going right at work. You're like, oh, God, I got home and cook. You stop and go, no, no, no. Heavenly Father, I'm going to come to you right now, and I'm going to bring this situation at work to you. You said for me to cast all my cares on you because you care about me. So I'm committing this into your hands and I'm asking you to turn this around because right now I don't have any idea what to do and I'm going to ask you to show me. Now my kids, you said great is the peace of my children and they are taught of the Lord. Right now I'm going to pray over them. Great is their peace. I bind every devil from hell. You get off my family. You get off my kids. I plead the blood of Jesus. It's not wasted time. You say, well, how long do you pray? I don't know. How bad is it? You say, I prayed 10 minutes and it didn't work. You might want to go back. You say, well, how often do you do this? Until the rapture. 
Jesus said, my house is a house of what? Prayer. The whole point of church is for you to get right with God, for you to get filled with a Holy Ghost that can take you in the presence of God so he will help you pray. Because while you're here, you're going to need to pray. You're going to need to walk with God. There's times I go, God, what do you want me to, how do you want me to pray about this? How do you want me to pray about it? I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. But now if there's anything I need to say, anything I need to do, and Lisa says, she calls them, God will give you fighting words. You know what I mean by that? That means that you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost goes, say this. And hold on to that. God has given you very specific word to say, say that. Say that right there. No. And you start praying that. You say, well, what about what scriptures did I use, Pastor? I don't know. I ain't God. Go find out yourself. I got my own family I'm dealing with, my own kids, my own in-laws, outlaws, and all y'all. Glory to God. No, not really. Did this, did what I say make sense? This, you know, we, Satan's trying to bear, take the whole nation and, and, and destroy Christianity. And I mean, kids, not knowing whether they're a girl or boy, is crazy. This, this never would have happened if the church had been doing what God told them to do. Pray for those in government. My God, start praying for them idiots. I mean, them, them people. God, get them in, get them out, remove them, kill them, do something, Jesus. When different, different men in office, I go, Father, send somebody across their path. Give them some wisdom right now. I, I believe that God would take a heathen and give him some wisdom. Amen. Not if we don't pray. That's right. Amen. When I'm doing good. Amen. Now, I'm going to say this to you, and I'm trying to quit. This is a life style. You say, why pray? Because that's what makes Christianity Christian. Not gimme, not my name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. That isn't prayer. Okay, how am I doing? How am I doing? Jude 120, go over there. Oh, go to go to Romans 8:26. I'm trying to close. And 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 they're gonna to turn to kids loose here in a minute. Go to go go to Romans eight. If we don't know how to pray as we ought, if you don't know how to pray as you ought, then you say, Holy Ghost, help me. Help me. Help me. And let him let him lead you. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise your spirit helps us when our weaknesses. We don't know how we should pray as we ought to. The Spirit makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. He searches the heart, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Then you know all things work together. You have no idea how many times I'll be going, oh, and I'm, and I'm praying out of my head. I'm praying out of my knowledge. And I'm going on. I wish I could tell you I get in the Spirit quickly. Some days I do. Some days I don't. Some days I'm still Shondai, Shondai, time my bow time. 30 minutes later and I'm going, oh, boy. That's when I turn everything off. And I go, okay, Daryl Morgan, you better get in there and spend some time with God. 
and I'll get in there and just worship God a while and pray in the Spirit and thank Him for His goodness, and I'll just get in His presence a while. Holy Spirit, help me pray. I need to pray right now. I'm dealing with something right now. I, I got to have some help. And, 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 you know, and sometimes I'm, I'm aware that Lisa's trying to sleep. And I'm in the living room, and the neighbors are like, shut up, like Fred Flintstone. Remember the cat? You know? But, you know, there's just times when I'm just going to get loud, and I'm just going to pray. Sometimes Lisa just get up out of bed and come in there and sit down and go, well, if you're going to pray about it, I'm going to get in here with you. I said, right now, i got to deal with this. I don't... It's heavy on my heart. I don't, and, and there's things time you know something, but you don't know, you don't, you don't know why you know what you know. They just, something ain't right. I got to pray about this. Something's not right. Anyway, I'm going to tell you one more story and I'm going to try to close. Charles Finney prayed so much. Him and his team on a train one day riding through town. When the train went through town, all the sinners in the bars got out and got, and got on their face before God. They didn't even preach. They didn't even get off the train. The, the presence of God, because of prayer, can get so strong on a person. And that, per, that presence gets on them because you're praying. My mother prayed the Holy Ghost on me. I'm out hunting, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about hell. Why am I sitting in the woods thinking about hell? Holy Ghost is all over me. My mother's going, get him, God. Get him. I'm trying to deer hunt. And I'm starting to wonder whether I'm going to heaven or hell. Ah. And you, you, you try to leave the woods because, you know, I'm going to leave this. this is, I'm thinking about hell. You go home, you're thinking about hell. All of a sudden, you start thinking about the goodness of God. And my mother and her friend are over there going, I mean, they picked on me because I'm the worst. I was, I was the black sheep of the family. I'm the worst kid in the family. So they picked on me. I'm glad I was the worst. My mother prayed me into the kingdom. Holy Ghost would come on me. It took her months. I'd, he'd get on me and I'd, okay, okay, whatever. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost come on me again. I'm laying in my bed going, what? Can I tell you another story? I'm out of time, way out of time. Jesse Duplantis is down in Tijuana, Mexico. The phone rings. It's his mother. And the man says, is there Jesse Duplantis in here? And he goes, yes. Your mother is on the phone. My mother is on the phone? She said, Jesse, you're in sin. Mama, how'd you get his number? Holy Ghost told me. Mama. Don't you love God? Gave his mama the phone number to the bar he was in in Tijuana. That's God. I want you to say this. I am a prayer. My prayers get answered. God wants to know what I think about stuff. 
I want you to go home tonight. I want you to sit back and just make a list of and pray over my children, pray over my family, pray over your family that's not in church. Make it a life that you're going to pray as long as they're on, you're on this planet. Don't allow them the liberty of going to hell on your watch. Say, Father God, like Monty Walsh, throw a saddle on a couple of them and ride them through the grocery store if you got to. But I mean, when you get finished, I want to, I want to see them submitted. Do y'all know who Harvey is, Harvey and Lynn? When I first started pastoring, Lynn and who else, Betty, would come in. And Rosa would go in there. And who else? Jack Anderson and pray for their husbands. And all of their husbands came in. How would y'all do that every week? Every week come in and go in that room right there and pray an hour for their husbands. And I remembered when Harvey came in, I said, give up. You ain't going to hell on her, your wife's watch. She going, and, and then Rosa's husband, um, Rosa told last night she wasn't married. And God began to turn things around. He'll turn anything around you pray about. And he wants to. He wants to get involved. It delights him to get involved with you. He wants to see all your prayer. He wants to see everything going to work in your behalf. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to come in your throne room. To come in there and just spend time with you and talk to you about what's going on in our lives, our family, our children. I know that I don't know everything that's going on in this room. I don't know everything that's going on in people. But you do. And I know that you're waiting on us to bring them to you. Bring these people to you. Bring concerns that we have over, over people and over circumstances. And I know that you want to work. I pray that right now you would raise this church up to be a praying church. Just like in Pensacola when the revival broke out, that church had become a praying church. And they touched the world from one church. Thousands of people came through the city and got saved. And you're no respecter of persons. You'll do it not only in our homes, but even in our own church. We'll see our children living for God. We'll see our families on fire for God. We, we, our children will not grow up and sow wild oats and do the things we did. They will walk with you. And they will hunger for you all of the days of their life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.